Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician and so are you. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Entree Musician Podcast. This is the space where we concentrate on the mindset, discipline, and focus of the Entree Musician. This episode, of course, no exception. We are going to enjoy a conversation I had just a few months ago with DJ Tay1013 from San Antonio, Texas. Excellent young man. The very first time that we've enjoyed a conversation with a DJ. Usually we're talking to artists, musicians, songwriters, producers. But Tay has such an incredible story in how he went from the military to law enforcement to becoming a DJ. It's really a great story. You're going to enjoy it. And uh, he gives us some of the mechanics as well as the psychology of being a DJ, the technical aspects and the metaphysical aspects of putting a groove together, putting your set together. So if you are a professional DJ or an aspiring one, you're going to learn some great tips from DJ 1013. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and check them out. Today marks a first for our Entree Musician Conversations because this is the first time I've ever interviewed a DJ. But now he, he says producer, sound engineer, artist, all of these descriptions are on this platform, so that definitely makes him an entree musician. But this is DJ Tay 1013, and we are going to dive into it. But before we do that, you know we got to do this. All of our episodes, everything we do from our YouTube channel to the entreemusician.com are sponsored by the wonderful people at Vocal. You know, Vocal is the only beverage on the planet which is designed to soothe, refresh, and restore your voice. So if you talk all day like I sometimes do, or you DJ all night like DJ Tay 1013, <laughs> you gotta get yourself some Vocal. Go to Vocal. Drinkvocal.com to learn more. That's drinkvocal.com to learn more. Brother man, peace and blessings to you. How you doing, man? I'm doing outstanding, man. How about you? Man, I'm doing absolutely excellent. First, I want to say thank you so much for your service to our country. We have a lot of respect for military men and women who serve, and you served our country valiantly. Saw your resume, man. Thank you for your service to the country. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show, man. Absolutely. And not only did you serve our country in the U.S. Army, you were also in law enforcement for like 10 years as well, yeah. correct? Yeah. Pr prior before I uh, went into this, uh, service, I was a uh, law enforcement as well. In New Jersey, Edison. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Jersey. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's what's up, man. So, so DJ Tay ten thirteen. The most important question I'll probably ask you in this interview is the first one. Okay. And what is the ten thirteen represent? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So this is what happened. Uh, my D, my original DJ name is DJ Bam Bam. All right, so from back in the day when I first started, there's DJ Bam Bam SPI, which is a uh, uh, sound product industries. So um, during one of my tours, my, my uh, combat tours, when I came back, you know, I wanted to start getting back into music, 
you know, start DJing again. And I was looking at Bam Bam and I was like, um, I don't think I can go with Bam Bam anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was just something about my mindset right there that, hey, I, I just couldn't go with Bam Bam anymore. So, so I decided to go with uh, my name, Tay. Um, but it was, it was, it was a little dry at, at the, at the time. So, you know, just start putting different things behind it, you know, uh, and just 1013 just, just came up. You know what I mean? It was a complete, uh, situation. We came up with 1013. So it's, it's not your birthday. It doesn't represent, (laughs) it's, it's not your address. I mean. You know, I have to let you hear one of my loops, uh, and it just rings. And uh, I had uh, a person that, that did my voiceovers. Um, her name was Stephanie. She's a British. She's from um, uh, the UK. And just the way it rolled off, it just sounded really good with it. You know, so I just rolled with Tim 13. So she's the young lady on the commercial that I watched. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay, very cool. Yeah, she does She does give you the ring to it, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were DJing in radio prior to you enlisting in the Army? Is that is that what I understand? Well, I've always had, you know, like a love for music from growing up when I was younger. Um, and what pretty much what happened is um, I was DJing, and then I got into... Uh, law enforcement um so that's actually what really uh launched my career uh uh to a different level mm-hmm. um because when i was younger i started off way back in the day when you know we weren't really going to clubs you know we were at the skate rink yeah. i don't know if you remember yeah. back in the day oh, I uh, do. You know, that was our club at the skate rinks you know yeah yeah um so yeah i started like uh doing like a lot of mixes at the USA skate rink, which was in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with New Jersey, but that the USA skate rink and uh, the other one was called the rink. Those were like the two biggest uh, skate rinks back in the day. So, you know, that's where I started. I was a young cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then I, you know, I wanted to venture out into different things, you know, so, you know, leave the, I started noticing that, you know, everybody's starting to, migrate to these small clubs. You know, we had Mingles, uh, Club 357, Poor Billies, you know, and eventually I just started evolving into those clubs. You know, basically back in the day, it was word of mouth. You know, somebody said, oh, that DJ's over here. He's pretty good. Let's try to, you know, get him over there. So um, that's how I managed to get into like the Jersey clubs, right? so then what happened is uh, uh, I was going to college. I was in Rutgers and uh, I started DJing at the, uh, the frat parties, you know, uh, and then there was a radio station back in the day called SOU. It used to be at Seton Hall University. And uh, those, those guys were phenomenal. Those DJs on there. I mean, that's what really sparked me into like, oh, wow, this is, this could really be something because those cats were on target i'm talking sure. about like djs like t scott scott LaRock, chef eddie bone uh, yeah. roman ricardo you, you know what i mean even frank yeah. knuckles was back in the day so i remember I, i'm sure you heard of uh lula vega right yes so mm-hmm. i remember uh back in the day was little lula vega 
You know what I mean? So I guess when he got older, you know, he's like, no, I got to take a little off and just be Lula Vega, you know? Sort of like Bam Bam. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know? So um, after that, you know, um, I, you know, I had a scholarship and everything to play ball at Rutgers, and I got hurt in my sophomore year, so I couldn't play anymore. You know, I had a chip bone in my ankle. So it's not like nowadays we can just get an orthoscopic surgery to go and repair it back in the day they had to complete do a complete open you know and, and it came down to like i'd have with or without a limb so i chose you know not to go with that surgery then so which you know i couldn't uh play football anymore so yeah i got a little depressed in and um i got it you know i dropped out on my junior year um, and I got into law enforcement. I said, what else can I do? So I was one of the, I was one of the youngest police officers, uh, state troopers that they put on the state police at that time. I was 19, uh, in academy. So when I came out of the academy, you know, I was, you know, I was young, uh, I had to do my year troop year, but they came up with this, uh, this program that, you know, they was like really heavy into drug, uh, drug interdiction back then. So back in the day, all of your drug trans, not like I say all, but a lot of your drug trans uh, transactions took place where? In the clubs, the DJ booth, which VIP room, you know? So that pretty much uh, worked out for me, you know? Cause I was a DJ, DJ, so I'm gonna leave that conversation right there. <laughs> Because that's, that's, where, you know, that's where that portion, that's yeah. where that portion, you know, took place. And uh, I actually got trained. Like I sent to schools to learn how to DJ. So, well, learn how to DJ better than what I was, you know, I was doing at the time, so that I can fit into bigger clubs I where see. all these transactions were taking place. So, yeah. So, was, so for clarity, you're saying that there were schools that you went to to actually train you as a DJ? Is that? Yeah, yeah, well, well, like I said, I was DJing before, um, you know, beforehand. But yeah. there was also schools that I got sent to, you know, to to, to learn with uh, crowd control back then. You know, how to work the clock, harmonic mixing, uh, how to work with, you know, with the bar to rotate uh, rotate the crowds from the floor from the dance floor to the bar back to the back to the uh, floor. You know, pump them up and then work yeah. them back to the bar because you got to, you know. You have to work that. that get them thirsty. Get them thirsty. Exactly. Keep them thirsty. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you learned, you know, those mechanics of DJing, you know, then how to control the crowd, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I, I learned, which was all provided by the, the New Jersey State Police. <laughs> so uh, I'll just uh, leave it that, at that, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's a lot of... Uh, like that <laughs> i understand wow that, that that's 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 really interesting now now you you've opened up about four or five different rabbit holes yeah, for me to walk yeah, down yeah i told you there was an interesting story to this so absolutely so so now are you are a conventional musician as well as a dj or it was just on spinning the records Oh, well, you know, I also play the piano. I'm a percussionist. Um, but as far as uh, incorporating that with my sets, very little, unless I'm, you know, unless I've 
map different things to the you know, keypads and everything, but I haven't actually played the piano as I'm doing a set. But that's an I idea. See. That's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about uh, releasing any original music or any mixes or mixtapes that you've done to yeah, yeah. distribute? Uh, that I've actually done. Um, there's this one uh, barking. I'll I, I mention this one because it's pretty crazy. It's uh, barking Caucasians. It's called. And on this uh, this CD, there's this um, track that I did a remix for called "Forget Me Nots," which is pretty cool. So, um, and that was released. That was released two years ago on Barking mm-hmm. Caucasians. Barking Cage uh, uh, LP. No, no relation to Patrice Russian's old school forget me nots, huh? No, 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 okay. no, no. It's a, it's, a, it's a total different uh, track. I, I need to ask because uh, there were there were some cuts that I saw when going through your LinkedIn profile and whatnot, you know. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, just being a DJ, whether they were original cuts or were they remixes, uh, you know, uh, right. of the original stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, so, but yeah, I've done quite a few remixes though. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then also, I'm on the show the uh, right now, currently the uh, RT30, the remix top thirty countdown out of New York, which is with Sean Hollywood Hamilton. Uh, that's like one of the most well, it is the largest, most listened to uh, syndicated mix show in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I'm fortunate to be on that. You know, that's but, yeah, So I do a lot of remixes as well. Yeah. So you I'm mentioned. <laughs> 90 yeah. out of New York. So give me a little pump up there. Uh, absolutely. By all, by all <laughs> means. Now, you say, uh, you know, when you grew growing up and whatnot, you were listening to people like Shep Pettibone and, and Lulu and whatnot. Was there some things that you could pretty much uh, model and take away from them? Or have you incorporated just about everybody that you, you grew up in and created the DJ taste style? Absolutely. I mean, you know, back in the day, like I said, you know, I was young coming up in those days and uh, coming up in the in behind these guys, you know, playing either opening for them or playing alongside of them. They were definitely an inspiration, you know, uh, especially David Morales, mm. you know, um, Roman Ricardo. These are guys that were playing in like the clubs like the Limelight. Uh, I, I'm sure or you. you you know about the New York clubs a little bit, right? A little bit, a little bit. Okay, yeah. Right. So yeah. you had the Limelight. Um, what else you had? You had uh, uh, going for a loop here. So you had uh, the Tunnel. Tunnel was another big club back in the day. Tunnel, Limelight, Palladium, um, China Club. And everybody, you know, all the that's what like all the entertainers went to. Like a lot of uh, actors and actresses from Hollywood, when they came into New York, they always go to the China Club, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even Eddie, uh, Dave Chappelle and Eddie Murphy and, um, not Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy, Rick James, uh, that's where their skits yeah. are from, out of the China Club. I see. <laughs> China Club. <laughs> but yeah, but those, those, those clubs were, you know, like when the main uh, DJ came on, the main headliner, they were like uh, David Morales, you know, like I was saying, Romo Ricardo, Frankie Knuckles, um, those guys come on, and the energy that those guys brought to the club, to the music scene, was just crazy, you know? So, um, yeah, a lot of those those guys were definitely my, uh, like, mentors, uh, and I modeled my, my sets after. 
And it's something about East Coast DJs anyway, you know, like when you DJ in, uh, in like New York and New Jersey, it's, it's like a total different groove. I mean, I've DJed a lot of places and I can always pick out somebody from the Northern East Coast as soon as they go on. Second track, I know where they're from. You know, <laughs> it's just a groove that they have, you know. So, so is it more aggressive or? Yeah, and I don't mean aggressive. I mean, I mean the the the, the vibrancy has a better uh, a different pulse. Yeah, I, I want to say that they 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 like working the mids and highs and then slamming in the bass tracks. You know, it's it's and they're really big on acapella overlays. I you see. know, like, you know, run that, run that really new dance music. You know what I mean? You know, run it, but then run an acapella from a, from back in the day, or like the older acapella where people know to buzz them to get them on the floor. You know, because a lot Got of people em. when they're when they're out there dancing, you know, when out there on the floor having a good time, sometimes they like singing sing along with it. You know, mm-hmm. they might you might need to throw a crazy loop loop track over top of it. You know, something that buzzes their mind sure. and some people are afraid of, I'm not going to say new music, but like stuff that they haven't really heard. Oh, you yeah. Know, oh, yeah. You know, they're, yeah. They're a little issue. Yeah. But if you put, but if you put a, like a, a over, an older uh, acapella on there, they sing along with it and they're just with a new dance track. Hey, you got a whole nother vibe on it on the floor. Well, I, I got to tell you a story. Back, back, this is the 80s when I'm, you know, 100 years ago when I'm in high school and I'm trying to DJ a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, can, I can remember learning a valuable lesson about people being familiar with music and introducing new music that will really drive people away, no matter what you, quote unquote, the DJ think that this is the real juice right here. Yep. People are not exposed to it. And and exactly. I can tell you from my tiny little village of Youngstown, Ohio, <laughs> I remember cracking open the George Clinton album that has Atomic Dog on it. And me and my friends are saying, hey, you know, we're going to put this on on Friday night. We bust it on. I'm talking about, well, this is Atomic Dog. Right. We're ready for this to go. And people walk off the dance floor at Atomic Dog. They didn't know it, but I tell you what, the big radio station played it two days later, it was over. And I thought, exactly. (laughs) You know, but you have to know that the the people have to be conditioned as to what was happening. It's crazy on how you have to uh, introduce new music, completely new music to, uh, to people. You know, there are some people out there that, you know, as long as the music sounds good, they're going to dance, you know, regardless. But there's a lot of people that, you know, if they haven't heard it before, they'll kind of back off until, you know, until, you know, they hear it again. Until it's acceptable, I guess. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) But like I said, how you get that over is that you run that brand new music, but you put an older uh, acapella track over top of it just to get them out there, to get them to feel, you know, to feel the beat. And uh, once they feel it, you know, it, it's, it's different. You know, they'll, wow. they'll stay out there. What would you say to a new young man or, or, or young woman who really has a desire to break into DJing? I mean, what are the mechanics of uh, just going from your bedroom and, and doing your own thing and you went up to Guitar Center and you bought your little equipment, you know, 
uh, to saying, hey, I'm going to attack this. What are the mechanics of actually breaking into the market? You know, right now, so many things have changed. You, you, you know what I mean? It's from back in the day. I mean, it's, it's a total different industry now. Um, first thing I would say, I would ask them a couple of questions like, hey, what are you looking to do? What type of DJ do you want to be? First of all, do you want to be um, a 360 DJ, which I call they're like party DJs? Um, do you want to be a karaoke DJ or do you want to brand yourself and be like a, a, a mobile, not a mobile, a, um, a tour DJ or a club DJ? Um, and I also left out mobile DJs. They're, they're all different, you know. Um, give, so, give a few little definitions for. OK, for so if you're going to be a mobile DJ. Uh, mobile DJs are like the DJs that you see um, that go out and do weddings um, they do business, uh, office, office, uh, office parties, you know, Chris corporate, por- corporate gigs, corporate gigs mm-hmm. like that. Karaoke DJs are DJs that, you know, they'll be like in a bar and they set up a karaoke screen and, you know, they're, they're like MCs, you know what I mean? They set it up and let the people sing along with it to karaoke. Um, then you have your 360 party mm-hmm. DJs pretty much. They just, for the most part, they just take a lot of requests. They just play bangers. What I mean by bangers is just like the top 20 songs and they're just rotating them around and taking requests. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I'm not going to say they're not mixing, but they're, they're more focused on just playing what the people are asking for. They're taking, you know, doing requests. Now, if you want to be a tour DJ or you want to be in a club, club industry, um, there you're branding yourself. Um, you're branding, you know, you're branding your name, um, you play a specific types of genres, you know, whether it be tech house, house, EDM, dubstep, whichever it is, um, and you're branding your name. So that way, when people come to hear you play, they know exactly what they're going to hear. They're going to hear either tech house, house, EDM, rap, whatever your genre is. So that's, that's you know, and you're creating a following that way. So, that, so that's what I mean by the different types of DJs. Understood. Now, do you find as a DJ that you have your favorite type of music that you personally dig, but you're known for that? And, you know, there, there's a discrepancy between what you go home and listen to and go, this is my music or, you oh, know, what you have to play to get paid, so to speak. Yeah, there's a big, you know, I love all music. All right. I, I, I like music. I, I I know you're going to probably think I'm like this nerd, but I have no. this frequent, you know, I like tones. I like sound and I like, you know, trying to manipulate different sounds and different waves to incorporate into my sets. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you know, yeah, yeah I, lo- I love music, but there are certain musics that I listen to when I'm, you know, like by myself and everything. And it's definitely not the same music when I'm hanging out in the clubs and everything, right. you know. It's a little more on the laid back side, you know, because when I grew up, you know, I I played the piano, you know, what I mean, which is more like on the classical side. So, yeah. you know, I, I was trained that way. But um, like I said, when I'm out. Then, you know, hard, you know, depending on, what, you know, the area I'm going to be. Yeah. That, that's excellent. So how much touring do you actually do during the course of a year? 
Well, actually, well, with everything going on now, you know, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's down like, what do they call yeah. it? Spades, uh, nil? No, so yeah. I- <laughs> Unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, but but normally in 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 the course of and and I'm praying that this whole thing just lifts and and we can get back on point. But uh, what's a a general year look like for you? You're booking dates. You're flying out. You're doing this that. I'm looking. Uh, you know, I'm trying to do at least like three, two to three uh, major gigs a month. Mm-hmm. That's 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 pretty good. That's pretty steady. Um, but I also host what I call the Mix Lab, the Mix Lab SATX. I think I told you about the Mix Lab where <laughs> I showcase up and coming new yeah. DJs to the yeah. scene. So, and I try to run that um, on the uh, the week or the weekends that, which I'm not digging. That's excellent. That's, that's, that's excellent. Like, so you know, I look at it as, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, know, you give back to the industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, keep, you just keep the love flowing. That's once right. Once love is flowing, you know, you'll always have love. That, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. you have to have that uh, abundant spirit. You know, exactly. you can't have that scarcity mode, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? We're, we're constantly, we're, we're surrounded by abundance. Always. Absolutely. We just have to learn how to use our talents to make it manifest for us. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with that. Uh, there's always room. And exactly. you, you have to discover it, but it's there. Sometimes it's right there in front of you, but it's there. It, it was no. crazy. I, I learned something that was kind of scary. It's kind of crazy if you really think about it, that, you know, we only, the average human, right, only operates on 10% of their God-given talent on any given, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. we're by abundance so we have many other talents that we're not oh yeah oh yeah no i mean um you know my wife and i went through a process about four years ago where we started calling it breaking our brain you know we're going to break our brain we're going to learn new stuff we're going to take the risk we're going to experiment because there is so much that we box ourselves into it's like we're in this capsulated compartmentalized thing and it's so much more to discover absolutely absolutely whether it's in your business whether it's in your gifts and talents whether it's in your genre there's always more so go for it you're surrounded by abundance you just have to utilize your god-given talents i agree wholeheartedly now what do you find uh you've been doing this all of your life so what would you narrow down to be the most rewarding experience of being a dj of being a dj um i would i would have to say the interaction with people um i i enjoy people i enjoy talking but just talking to people so because you learn so much if sit back, you engage yourself into a conversation, you know? So I enjoy that. Not to say that when you're up on this, you know, when you're up on the stage or you're up on a podium and you're, um, you're doing your thing, you're not interacting with everyone one-on-one, sure. but as a whole you are. Yeah. So, you know, just provide that energy, that sound, seeing their uh, reactions and how they respond. I think that's pretty cool. 
That's excellent. So conversely, what would be uh, the most challenging attribute of being a DJ? I would have to say, you know what? There are a lot of great DJs out there. A lot of great DJs out there. And what makes your success in the industry is being at the right place at the right time. Uh, and it's, I always tell DJs this, it's never about who you know. It's never about who you know. It's about who knows you. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, it's about who knows you. It's not who you know, because you can know a lot of people, but if they don't know you, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not, you're not going to get the breakthrough. So, so, so what I always say, you know, is get out there, don't give up, and don't be afraid to express yourself, to talk, speak to these people. You know what I mean? Because if you don't speak to them, they're not going to know you. They're not going to, yeah. you know, they may see you, they may hear you, but they don't know you. They're like, oh, he sounds good. Well, okay. And then they go on to the next. So there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of great DJs out there. And what you also have to do, separate yourself from the DJ next to you. You have to find your niche. You have to find your, your little whatever, you know, if you want to get up there and you want to have like the big SpongeBob head, or if you want to have, you know, like the dead mouse, you want to have the big mouse head on, you have to separate yourself because there's a lot of great DJs out there. Yeah. That, so that you led me right into my next question, which was, what separates DJ Tay 1013 from the DJ next to him? So there's a couple of things I, I feel. The one, I have this digital mask. I don't know if digital where um, The digital mask, that's, that's one of my separations. The other separation is that um, if you were to go to any of my, my gigs or anything, I feel as though I bring so much energy from the time that I get on the set to the time that I get off. I, I just don't let up. Just just bring the energy. I, I want the people the people out there to come to watch me perform or hear me perform or dance to my performance to be completely tired. At the end. <laughs> completely tired at the end. And there, you know what? And there's, there's a reason why I, I say that because the more drained you are, the more tired you are at the end of my set, the less problems at, at the end of it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not, they're not, they're not looking to go start an argument. They're not looking to go fight. They want to go home <laughs> and relax. Hey, I had a good time. You know what I mean? I fist pumped, I danced, I jumped. And now I'm like, dude, I'm ready to crash. I'm ready to, <laughs> I'm ready that, to take back. That, that's the law enforcement officer in you. You are exactly. actually, you're you big <laughs> Kill the violence because I'm yes. too tired to fight. Exactly, exactly. Hit hard and then look, I'm done. We're we're good. <laughs> That's fantastic. That that I like that. That it was, you know, it's all about having a good time. You know, right. getting out there, have a great time. And I try to, you know, usually when I uh, I go to perform someplace before I perform there, if I you know if I can. A week before, I'll go there, and I'll just sit out in the crowd and hang out in the crowd, see what type of crowd you're. You know, I mean, you can't do that with festivals, but you can do sure. that with clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go and you hang out in the club, you see what type of groove they're into, you know, and listen to what that DJ's playing. You know, it's not that I'm going to play the same thing, but along the same things, you know what I mean, and bring a little right. bit more energy to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's one thing to go to a club that you've never played for, you know, you've never played at before, 
and then go there and just try to do something brand new. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it'll shock the crowd, you know, yeah. unless it's a heavy dance crowd, you know, you can't do shockers. You have to, you have to bring them in and by the mm-hmm. end of your set. Yeah. You can have some shocking stuff in there. Cause you know, you got them, you got them going with your flow. That's excellent. So now with respect to how a traditional artist would book an engagement at a club, uh, does DJs or do DJs have like booking agents or, you know, is there a network? Absolutely. There's, there's a, there's a lot of different booking agents that uh, DJs can get involved of, get involved in. Mm-hmm. This is the other thing I want to say. I kind of left out when you was asking me uh, the different types of DJ, right? So here we go. Different types of DJs when you were saying, um, when, when you asked me the question about different types of DJs and now you're saying, are there different type of agencies for DJs, right? Yes. So DJs are artists. I always tell them that you are an artist, just like a musician. You know, if you're out there playing instruments, they're part of a band. Well, a DJ is that same artist. Um, and if you dive into DJing, um, you, you'll kind of understand what I'm saying. When a DJ is playing their music, right? When they're back behind the decks, turntables, uh, whatever they're using, each song that they play is in a key. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is where you get into harmonic mixing. Each um, track that you, each song that you play is going to be in a different key, right? So if you're playing, we'll say if you're playing like a, a piano, right? You would not hit the C key with the A sharp. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's the same thing when you're DJing. If you have a song that's playing in D minor, you would not want to play that with an F sharp track. I mean, although BPM wise, you can put it together. Sure. Harmonically, it's not in tune. And that's the difference of a DJ that's playing for like a crowd that's get just like getting into this groove, getting into the flow of music. If it's not harmonically in tune, you'll chase them off the floor. Off gotcha. The floor, you know? Gotcha. So DJs are artists. Um, and yes, there's there's booking agents. You can either get a management company or you can just go right and get yourself a booking agent. Um, beginners, like you know, getting into the in- industry, I would suggest either getting uh, a good friend to speak for you because it always looks good to have representation. Correct. That's 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 great word right there. Now going back to the harmonic DJing, would you uh, not say again? I'm kind of naive on that aspect. I'm I'm a producer, so I know there's a lot of software and whatnot that mm-hmm. producers use to kind of manipulate what's happening with beats, with tempo, with right. you know harmony. Uh, is there harmonic uh, software that can be used to change the pitch of a? a particular song, if you want to just thrust that into the mix or not? Well, you, you, well, you can always change your harmonics um, depending on what the, on, uh, depending on what type of gear you're using. You know, you can go octave up, octave down, turn yeah. your pitches up. Yeah, yeah, you can do all that. And that's where we get into the different types of DJing again. You know, if you're going to dive into it, you're taking it seriously. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to know just a little music theory. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's one thing to just get behind the decks and start beat juggling. All right. Mm-hmm. Beat juggling is not hard. You know what I mean? Gotcha. You put a 120 song with a, a 120, uh, a song that's running at 122, you just change the, the, 
you just adjust the, yeah. the tempo, not the tempo, the pitch, the pitch gauge on, on the on the decks or the turntables, right? Mm-hmm. Line the BPMs up. Okay, you just beat beat juggle. Well, however, those two tracks may not be harmonically in tune. Yeah. You know? So, like I said, like a 360 DJ, when you're just playing for the crowd, you're just throwing bangers out there, it really doesn't matter. You know, a lot, of, a lot of hip hop and a lot of rap tracks, it really doesn't matter because you're just going off after that hard beat. But when you get into dance music, harmonics means a lot because that's what brings the energy to the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in a dance club and the song comes in, same BPMs, the same same bounce, but all of a sudden when that song comes completely in, it kind of, yeah, it kind of just yeah. changes the changes the flow. You know, oh, yeah. although EPM wise, it's on it's on target, but it's just the harmonics just kill the floor. Like everybody sure. just leaves the floor, you know, yeah. and and that's harmonics. Now, how how do you classify DJ Tay Ten Thirteen? What type of DJ do you classify yourself as? Now I'm a harmonic mixer, definitely. Um, I, I, the genders that I, genders, the genres that I use is tech house, house, EDM with EDM feel. Uh, I use EDM. I like using EDM because EDM has like a lot of energy, mm-hmm. you know, and EDM attacks like the younger crowd. Mm-hmm. So, um, I use EDM a lot and I, but I also use old school house music, their acapellas, because it's something about the old school acapella, uh, the old school acapellas of house music it just has that loop you know it's, yeah. it's, it's just catchy so yeah. i use that a lot with new ma- or with new dance music over top and it's a it's a good mix now do you uh as a dj because you have the pr- uh producer in in your description as well do you work with artists do you do are you hired out to remix you know cuts Absolutely. or selections absolutely um I work with um, a lot of single solo artists um, on doing their music. That's nothing. I create music for them, or I do arrangement. That yeah, a lot of a lot of the issues nowadays um, I see with the young up and coming artists is not their music and it's not their style. It's their arrangement. Mm. You know, it, they don't put a lot of time into their arrangement. Sure, they put their time into making their music, which is good. But yeah. if you don't arrange it correctly, um, sure. It could kill your track. Sure. You know, what's interesting, too, you know, as just a sideline is, you know, music, the the length of music is getting shorter uh, because of the Spotify playlist. And, you know, where we were old school, you know, it was nothing for the track to be eight, nine minutes. That's cool. 14 minutes. It was better. We know knee deep, like killed it all yeah. with the 1532. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now you see, you know, tracks. And I, I think Kanye did this. His his tracks on his last release was like two minutes and two minutes, two minutes and 30 seconds, you know, because they want more streams right. on Spotify. But then that cuts into, as you were saying, the arrangements because, you know, verse, course, bridge, or course, verse, course, and we're done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But there's no, there's I don't no know, imagination. No yes, there's no breakdown in there. You know, there's, you said there's, uh, creativity. I'm not gonna say yeah. no creativity, but there's no. Uh, yeah. yeah, is yeah. that is that no is that feeling. what you just said right there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> I, it's funny you said that because you know I was you know I do like a lot of edit. I want to play, and there's this one track 
I'm not gonna say what it is, but it was like one minute and thirty-two, one minute and thirty-two seconds long. I was like, one minute and thirty-two seconds long. What what am I gonna do with that? That's like an intro. And, and you brought up a couple of songs, but you left out one whose tracks played forever, and that was James Brown. Oh yeah. The, his his average songs were 15, 20 minutes long. <laughs> And we just getting started because we just getting the party started because we're going to set that groove first and you're going to feel that in your soul. And then I'll tell you what I got to say. You just let it roll. Right. Music roll. That's where the creativity comes from. Music, you know, the harmonics, the different frequencies are coming at you. And that just does things to the body. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we're all made of frequency. Yeah. You know, so if oh, yeah. you play music in the right tone and the right pitch, you got them. It doesn't matter. So you're about to you, you're about to make me go down another <laughs> rabbit hole. I'm trying to I'm trying to like should I go there? But you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I I believe truly and with with all of my heart, and I've done a lot of research on this that music is spirit, okay. and if you you know, if you can just use the example of a movie, for example, if it's a drama, the tone, the instruments that are used are telling you what's going to happen on the screen and you're going to react to it. Right. Well, it was the same way that, you know, there was a certain type of genre, the late 80s, early 90s, which I think resulted Mr. Law Enforcement in a lot of violence with respect to that because the Temple was a certain temple. The beats, the key mm -hmm. was used. And then you put the murderous lyrics on it. Made it aggressive. And, and people, people would say, oh, no, no, I just like it because the music. But wait a minute. No, that music is absolutely having an effect because okay. we are frequency. And exactly. boom, it hit the right frequency and you get the, the wrong result. And incredibly. I, you know, I, I don't like labeling uh, specific genres uh, of music, you know, but there is a couple of genres out there that create problems. And it's because of the, 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 the frequency that their music, their, their tone that their music is being played at, and then the tracks over time, not even tracks, the, the words. The lyrics, being, yeah. Yeah, the words, the lyrics that are being saying over top of it is, is making people highly aggressive. You know, um, I don't know if you remember, like, when they were slam dancing, and uh, I think yeah. that was uh, goth. Uh, no, I yeah. don't think it was a goth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the lyrics on that, over top of that, um, oh, yeah. and the music at the, oh, yeah. frequency, at the, at the key that it would be playing it is very aggressive. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm not trying, I'm trying to be nice. I, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying. I, you know, I yeah, mean, because... I, 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 uh, yeah, I don't want to say, you know, some of the things I really want to say, but I'm, I'm trying to be nice about it, you know. So it was very aggressive and hostile, and it, and that's why at these events, there's so many problems, you know, because these people are amped up. And, you know, like you said, we're frequency, and those pitches were hitting those those uh, those frequencies and causing us to amp up. We're on the same page, yeah, absolutely. You, 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 you can control the crowd with music. Yes. So you can, you know, you uh, doing a resident a residency at a club, and you're working with the bar. So you use the Camelot wheel, which is part of the harmonic mix, um, on how to at the twelve o'clock hour, 
pump them up, pump them up, pump them up, and then bring it around to like a D minor. Okay, you're bringing the crowd down, but it's still good music. And then you're coming up to your sharps and you're, uh, you're driving them to the bar pretty much. Yeah. Right? So go to the bar to get their drinks and right. do whatever. Then top of the hour, hit them hard again and right. you work the clock like that. You know, So you are controlling the room. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it makes it makes absolutely perfect sense. Now, um, here's an unusual question: uh, How do you think that your military discipline uh, aided in your success as a DJ? I think I know the answer, but I'm gonna let you answer. <laughs> the discipline, or or is that? I mean, you know, law enforcement, my my uh, my business partner is in law enforcement, uh, you know, 30 years with the Ohio State Highway Patrol, works now with the FBI. I mean, you know, so there and he he's a musician. So mm-hmm. I can kind of observe the discipline that is necessary in in just his demeanor and his approach to music. And I think I see the same qualities in you. So I don't want to be stereotypical, <laughs> but I think I do. How 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 I would how I'd have to answer that question is as far as the military side goes is that it allowed me to put everything into a chronological order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at everything in three stages, or I did look at everything in three stages. But using the military, I use it crawl, walk, run. All right, you have to crawl before you walk. You have to walk before you run. So, and during the crawl phase, you're learning. You're getting, you're working out all the bugs. You, you, you know, you're kind of just setting the baseline. Uh, then you go into your walk phase, which you're okay. You're gaining knowledge now. You're getting a little proficient, and now in your run phase, you're running off with it. You're doing, you doing your thing strong. Um, how I would say the military, as far as uh, what I, I did, um, it gave me patience. I think it gave me patience and it gave me, um, it allowed me to put things into a specific in, in phases and each phase be as productive as I can in each phase. Meaning I can, out of the crawl phase, I learned the most in the crawl phase, in the walk phase, I learned the most that I could learn in the walk phase and then running, I, I be the best me that I can be. You're probably excellent at troubleshooting things too, are you not? Well, I have patience for troubleshooting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is. You know, every, you know, any, everybody can be excellent at anything as long as they have patience to do it. Sure. You know, to take or to take the time to just see actually what's going on with, with, when you're troubleshooting. The answer's right there amped up you're trying to get it done you going on that you just completely don't see it yeah that's why when you hide things sometimes if you hide it in plain sight you're a lot better than if you try to hide it underneath the bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> people just overlook it. right overlook it. <laughs> that's 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 an excellent analogy it really is well, I, I got to tell you, man, I, uh, I'm grateful that you decided to hang out with us on the Entree Musician. 
And uh, I knew that this was going to be a first. I really appreciate even the time that you gave me when we were offline and we we hooked up on Zoom just to yeah, kind of meet each other. It was definitely a connect. We, you know, we got this. This our first conversation. I mean, it was just a connect right there. We had a great time. Exactly. But now tell me what question, uh, when you were anticipating this conversation, what question was it that you hoped that I would ask you and I haven't asked and you wish I would have? What and what is that question or what is the answer to it? Uh, you know what? I don't have any questions. <laughs> I, you know, I, look, I, you know, just like when I wake up in the morning, I said, I don't know what's going to happen per yeah. se in details, but I expect the best. I hope for the best. I wish for the best. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Especially with interviews, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to take place. I don't know how it's going to take place, but I'm going to bring my best and hope the best. And, and and you did. I mean, you absolutely uh, did that. And and my heart is in doing having this conversation with you that um, that market that we at the entree musician uh, the entree musician has not tapped into that we could start attracting young uh, DJs who are curious and we want we want to be able to present this market for them. So you're going to have to be our expert that we, uh, you know, consult and go to so that we can build a bridge to them. And so how, how can people like really get in touch with you up and coming uh, DJs? If they want to hit you up directly, how can they do that? Well, you can first, you can hit me up on my webpage, which is tay1013.me. Okay. Um, you can also hit me up on the, the Mix Lab page, which is mix underscore lab at iCloud.com. Absolutely. Now we were we we were talking, I want to make sure that people uh get this. You were specifying specifically, specifying specifically, my, my English teacher would be terrible. What did you just do, Jerry? But <laughs> you you were honing in on the fact that it's important for the up-and-coming DJ to have knowledge of contracts. Can you just clarify that for me? Contracts, riders? Absolutely. They definitely need to understand contracts. Any deal that they're going to be leaving their residence, they should definitely have a contract. You know, it's binding, number one, both parties to their um, part of the bargain. You know, uh, but yeah, they definitely need to put together a contract. They also need to understand what a rider is, especially if they're going to be working with uh, promoters. Because a promoter is going to ask for, they're going to ask for two things. One, what's your rider and what's your EPK? The EPK is your electronic uh, if If you're planning on branding yourself, you definitely need to know those two things. And and you mentioned insurance, which is uh, vital. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you're, if you're going to be doing any type of uh, mobile DJing and you're going to be uh, taking your own personal gear out to uh, to these different uh, events, you definitely need to know about uh, DJ insurance. You know, you need, you need to insure your equipment because let's just say two feet out the door, you're heading to the uh, gig, you get into a car accident. Okay, or some type of accident. Sure, cover the car, yeah. but not necessarily 
high dollar uh, high dollar uh, in the car. So that's yeah. where your DJ insurance co- will come in. Or if you're at the event playing, somebody gets a little bit too close to your equipment, kicks it over, knocks it over. Club owner gonna pay for that. Not yeah. Oh. Wow. Well, so, well, now let me let me ask a follow up question if you don't mind, because that that that's on point now, uh, because I I know I'm a drummer. I know what my kit is and what I'm what I'm bringing in, what the band is bringing in. However, for a DJ kit, are you bringing in the entire PA system, or are you just bringing in the software, the computers? That that all depends. That all depends. Some some venues don't have sound, so I that see. DJ has to bring not only their headpieces, you know, like their CDJs or their turntables and mixers and stuff. But now they got to bring uh, their powered speakers as well, whether it be power speakers or, you know, they're using amps and regular standard speakers as, uh, as their setup. But I either see. way, they might have to bring everything. You know, some clubs do have sound and you're plugging into their sound. So all you have to do is bring your headpieces. But if not, and you like say if you're playing at a restaurant, restaurant, on the deck patio or whatever, you're gonna to have to bring all your gear. Excellent, excellent. Now, are you are you charging more for bringing in the big juice, or is it just you know? Do you tailor tailor your uh, expenses in a way where yes, we have to bring in the entire system, or we're just bringing a headpiece, so it it makes and, a difference. Yep, and that's where your contracts come in. Gotcha. You know, all that has to be uh, laid out, stipulated in your contracts. Okay, if you're just bringing your head, bring your head, you can charge them whatever your normal rate is going to yeah. be. But if you have to bring a whole system, you know, you haul, you haul, you haul it in. You know, we're not talking about like a hundred fifty dollar gig anymore. Right. You know? Right. You, you That's what's up. Your worth. That's the other thing yeah. too. That's the difference between a professional DJ and a bedroom DJ too, which is really bad because the bedroom DJ, it's just a hobby for them. So they are undercut the professional. Professionals making money for it. It's their livelihood. And the bedroom DJ just wants a bar tab, you know, and get a couple of friends in for free, you know? Yeah. And and, it, and it's kind of uh, diminishing the industry by oh, sure. doing it. Sure, that's that's going to be show number two, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the same thing with working musicians. I mean, you know, uh, you know, there there seems to be no continuity with exactly. a particular club that won't pay the band what the band is worth, and so the band says, "Well, we're not going to play this uh, club again." But band number two says, "We'll play it," and it's exactly. like <laughs> exactly. There should be, you know, you know, just like how you're saying with uh, with musicians, right? Should that be? Should that should be that way as well with DJ? There should be a sure. standard, yeah. you know. There should be a guideline where these club club promoters and club owners just can't say, okay, well, I'm going to take this bedroom DJ, give him fifty bucks, right, and, and let a couple of his friends in for free. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's it. Opposed to, okay, here's this good DJ, yeah, right? It's going to bring some quality to the club, bring right. great dance music, bring energy, and you want bucks? Yeah. Yeah. 50 bucks. It's, uh, 
it's it definitely sets the tone for our next conversation, which we absolutely will have. Absolutely. You know. <laughs> absolutely. Don't even get me started. Like <laughs> I know. Well, you know, this is DJ Tay 1013. The 1013 is not his birthday, so don't get it twisted like I did, okay? <laughs> and, and, and also, it's not DJ Tay. It's just Tay 1013. Oh, it's just Tay but, 1013. Yeah, I dropped it. I dropped it. Okay, so Bam Bam to DJ Tay to no DJ. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, hey, I'm evolving. <laughs> evolving. That's what's up. <laughs> That's fantastic. Tay1013 uh, and and uh, get in touch with him directly, uh, especially young aspiring DJs. As you can tell, not only does he has the experience, but he has the expertise as well. If you want to move forward, then you want that mentoring. You want that uh, extra level of advice that you need. And we all need advice. I'm always searching for advice you never stop learning. You can always tweak it. There's always more. Am I right? Absolutely. Learn something new. Try to learn something new every day. That's Try right. It. I challenge you. Absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Well, thank you so much, brother, for joining us. Peace and blessings to you. And thank you for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> My man, DJ Tay, 1013, San Antonio, Texas, doing it and expanding his platform. He has some great things that are on the horizon I want you to look out for, okay? Look out for him. You're going to remember that you heard him here at the Entree Musician. I would like for you, if you wouldn't mind, to please tell everybody you know, 13 people perhaps that you don't know this week about the Entree Musician. Please help us build our platform here we're doing it organically. It's happening slowly, but it's absolutely happening surely, and you are to blame. We want to thank you for helping us do this. If you have not yet been to the Entree Musician, please do so. We are grateful to be able to provide wonderful, valuable resources and information for you as you continue along your journey in this wonderful career we've been blessed to have, right? And you can reach out to me directly at theentremusician at gmail.com or text me directly at 330-718-JERRY. That's 330-718-J-E-R-E. We graciously receive any donations that you wish to give of any size. I mean, you know, those $10,000 donations are cool. You know, or if you have $10, that's cool too. What that does is help us to continue developing wonderful resources for you, bringing you podcasts like this. And we are developing a course that we are going to release very soon, a course for entree musicians. And again, just trying to build it from the ground up, graciously receiving donations. So the Cash App information is in the show notes. Whatever you can provide, no pressure. We just want to help build and lay a healthy foundation for this to continue. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Jerry B. If you haven't you know, figured that out yet, <laughs> I am the Entree Musician and so are you. We will see you next time. God bless. <laughs>